You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast, and today's topic is Mars or Bust. So in this topic, we're going to talk about the space travel to Mars. So um, specifically, the space travel with people to Mars. Uh, So we'll go over the SpaceX program, the concept of colonization of Mars, etc. So um, I have been speaking on the Mars colonization for a couple of years now, uh, at least three, maybe even four years, and it has really ramped up not only the particular discussion, but also them putting action in place. Now, earlier this week, I want to say Monday, I saw where there was a selection of folks who applied, uh, normal citizens who applied, or private citizens, let's say it that way, private citizens who had applied to go to Mars. And so some selections were made. Now, I just tried to find that particular article because it was a a news story. I tried to find the article nowhere to be found, okay? So um, that's neither here nor there. Not sure why that article is buried or hidden. But nonetheless, the Mars program has definitely revved up for sure. So let's first go into what is the SpaceX Mars program. All right. So I'm going to use uh, Wikipedia as a source, but SpaceX, they do have their own website that you can go to. It talks about their uh, launches, their uh, schedule for the launches, etc. And as a matter of fact, according to their website, They just had a launch last Wednesday, Um, but they're saying that they just launched 60 Starlink satellites, okay? So if you want to keep very, very close track on what's going on with SpaceX, they do have their own website and a website totally dedicated to their launches, all right? So... um, Let's see. Other than that, I I think Wikipedia has a lot more meat to what the intent of SpaceX is, the history, etc. I didn't get that on their website. So here you go. SpaceX Mars program. A SpaceX Mars program is a development program initiated by Elon Musk and SpaceX in order to facilitate an eventually colonization of Mars. The program includes fully reusable launch vehicles, human-rated spacecraft, 
on orbit propellant tankers, rapid turnaround launch landing mounts, and local production of rocket fuel on Mars via Sudi resource utilization. SpaceX's aspirational goal has been to land the first human on Mars by 2024. Y'all hear that? <clears throat> Excuse me. 2024? So we're talking in three years? So to me, that means they've already done it. I'm just saying. And we'll get into a, a little bit of where I truly believe Mars is, which that's going to be my little humble opinion, but let, let's read on. So they uh, want to do the first human launch by 2024, but in October 2020, Elon Musk named 2024 as a goal for an uncrewed mission. Uh, at the Axel Springer Award 2020, Elon Musk said that he highly, he's, he is highly confident that the first crew flight to Mars will happen in 2026. Okay, so whether it's 2024, or 2026, what's the difference? Okay, two years, whatever. So if they're giving us 2024, that means they already done it. They're, if they push it out to 2026, that means that they're still working out and perfecting the kinks. All right, because I'm a believer that they do these things ahead of what they tell the public. All right. A key element of the program is planned to be the SpaceX Starship, a fully reusable super heavy lift launch vehicle under development since 2018. To achieve a large payload, the spacecraft would first enter Earth's orbit where it is expected to be refueled before it departs to Mars. After landing on Mars, the spacecraft will be loaded with locally produced uh, propellants <clears throat> to return to Earth. The expected payload for the Starship launch vehicle is to inject between 100 to 150 tons to Mars. SpaceX intends to concentrate its resources on the transportation part of Mars colonization project, including the design of a propellant plant based on the saboteur process that will be deployed on Mars to synthesize methane and liquid oxygen as rocket propellants from local supply of atmosphere, carbon dioxide, and ground-accessible water ice. However, Musk has advocated since 2016 a larger set of long-term Mars settlement objectives going far beyond what SpaceX project to build. Any successful colonization would ultimately involve many more economic actors. Okay, and so I'm just hovering over what they're categorizing as economic actors. Uh, what's the definition, rather? And it says, um, is the social science that studies how people interact with value, in particular, the production, distribution, and consumption of goods and services. All right, so they really just gave me the definition of an economy. So I don't know why they had to name this economic actors. Anyhow, 
would ultimately involve many more economic actors, whether individuals, companies, or governments to facilitate the growth of human presence on Mars for many decades. So in other words, <clears throat> he wants more players to be involved in the process. So I'm assuming individuals um, could mean private investors or uh, and or the uh, private citizens who are willing to go to Mars to be those first, you know, they call them explorers, and I'm using that in quotations, or settlers, I'm using that in quotations, where we know it's colony, colonization, right? Or colonious. All right. Okay. Um, all right. So just a little bit of history. In 2001, Musk conceptualized Mars Oasis, a project to land a miniature experimental greenhouse containing seeds with dehydrated gel on Mars to grow plants on Martian soil. So this will be the furthest that life's ever traveled. Now, um, just a, a pause for those of you that know, I am a novice gardener. <clears throat> so I literally... <laughs> Last year, upgraded my in-grow guard, garden uh, light because um, I start seeds indoors to get prepared for spring because it's much cheaper and I know actually what I'm getting and I get variety that I can't get in the grocery store, okay, because I'm a firm believer and having those basic skills in order to survive and gardening is certainly one of them. So I upgraded my gardening lights and guess what the name that I upgraded to, what that light is. The name of the light is Mars, y'all. And I'm fenced to tell you that baby, it is the best grow light that I have, that I have had to date. Um, everything that I've put under it, it germinates and it is doing wonderfully well. So I just really chuckled when I saw that the name of that indoor grow light uh, for sale named Mars. And I was looking at the reviews and everybody raved on it. So, all right, I'll get back on task. In an attempt to regain public interest, in space exploration and increase the budget of NASA. <clears throat> but Musk realized that even with a much larger space budget, travel to Mars would be prohibitively expensive without a fundamental breakthrough in rocket technology. In October 2001, Musk traveled to Moscow with Jim Cantrell, an aerospace supply fixer, and Adrio Resi, his best friend from college, to buy refurbished ICBMs that could send the envisioned payloads into space. As early as 2007, Elon Musk stated a personal goal of eventually enabling human exploration and settlement of Mars. Although his personal Public interest in Mars goes back to at least 2001. 
Bits of additional information about the mission architecture were released in 2011-2015, including a 2014 statement that initial colonists would arrive at Mars no earlier than the middle of the 2020s. Now, y'all, I did not know that back in 2014, they was saying that in the mid-2024, well, in the mid-2020s, uh, which that would, be, uh, um, that would be 2005, I guess, uh, I'm sorry, 2025, that they were going to go to Mars. So, like I said, <clears throat> they already have done it. They do these things in advance. So, I would even go as far as to say they've probably been there as early as 2007 when they first started releasing it to the public. So, meaning they were already there. They were already setting up shop and they were just testing the scenes. And again, we're going to go over where I personally feel Mars is located because I don't think it's where they are telling us. All right, so companies plan, company plans in mid-2016 continue to call for the arrival of the first humans on Mars no earlier than 2025. Musk stated in, uh, in a 2011 interview that he hopes to send humans to Mars surface within 10 to 20 years. And in late 2012, he stated that he envisioned a Mars colony of tens of thousands with the first colonists arriving no earlier than the middle of 2020. So that's that 2012 date that sparked me to about, we know that the 2012 celestial event According to the Mayan calendar, they talked about the world ending. And what they were really meaning was just that particular calendar schedule because we were leaving out of the Pisces age and going into the Aquarian age, all right? Because contrary to popular belief, the calendar that we are currently following the Gregorian calendar, that is not the accurate calendar. That calendar is not accurate to the universal calendar or the procession of the equinox calendar, all right? And that calendar, if we're uh, following with the Mayans, is 2012 was the start of leaving out of that Pisces age, going into an Aquarian age, all right? And in that Aquarian age, a whole set of things change big time, all right? So in addition to us going into a new age, so the new age family, and if you've heard this before, just bear with me. <laughs> a new age is shifting to a new frequency, right? And we are shifting or we have shifted to a higher vib vibration frequency, okay? And, the, and a complete procession of the equinox is uh, 26,000 and some change, 
all right? So you line up that perfect that procession of the equinox to the big universal or un, or multiversal multiverses processions and this one is a huge one because we're lining up with other processions of the equinox. So you're talking huge huge energy shifts that are going on. All right? So it does not surprise me one bit. One bit that they started releasing about trying to go to Mars. And um in late 2012 he stated he envisioned the Mars colony of 10,000s with the first colonists arriving no earlier than the middle of 2020. And I'm going to tell y'all why they are saying middle of 2020, because 2012, as we stated, according to the Mayan calendar, which they follow the procession of the equinox. So meaning we are leaving out of the Pisces age, which had its own set of vibrations. And with that vibrations also ties to everything family. So we're talking religion. We're talking economics. We're talking social. Everything is all tied together through vibrations. Now that we are in the Aquarian age and we're no longer in the Pisces age, those same systems have to be totally revamped totally revamped to match the frequency, the new higher vibration frequency. And because this uh, particular shift is so big, because we're also lining up with other universal galactic calendars and energies, they're trying to revamp the economic, the social, and uh, political systems to match the Aquarian vibration, but they can't keep up, right? So this is why you see the introduction to stuff like the cryptocurrencies, um, having women hold political positions, trying to put women in these political positions because with this particular shift also, is the return of the divine feminine energy, okay? So they're trying to capitalize off the return of the divine energy. So that's why they're pushing for women in leadership, okay? And um, also why, although they're warping it because that is their nature, they're also bringing forth the feminine energy from the um, LGBTQ community as well. That's what that has really been about. And shout out to Bobby Hemet. He called that out in the 90s regarding the LBGTQ community. He called it out in the 90s. He said it's going to be brought to the forefront. It's going to be more prevalent and people are going to be more vocal about it because of the energy shift and folks identifying with more of the divine feminine energy. 
Now, of course, with everything else, with these controllers, they do not know how to be in harmony and wholeness with nature. They've even taken the LBGTQ and they're warping that as well. And I've talked about that in an episode that I did earlier this week, warning the LBGT community that they need to get it in order because their particular cause is being severely tainted. All right. So all of this family, all of what they're doing is because of the galactic energy shift. The vibration of Mother Earth is rising rapidly fast. And the beings that never has really been in harmony with Mother Earth, they will no longer be able to stand the vibration rate. So they have been looking for other areas to go. All right, so let me get back to the article, but I still owe you all where I think Mars really is. And some of you that um, rock with us regularly, you already know what I'm going to say. So development work began in earnest before 2012 when SpaceX started to design the Raptor rocket engine, which will propel the Starship launch system. Rocket engine development is one of the longest sub-processes in the design of the new rockets. In October 2012, Musk articulated a high-level plan to build a second reusable rocket system with the capability, uh, sustainability beyond the Falcon 9 and the Falcon Heavy launch vehicles on which SpaceX had been, by then, uh, spent several billions of U.S. dollars. Okay, and you can go on the SpaceX website, and they have the Falcon 9s and the Falcon Heavies and all, all of the particular launches, as I um, told you before. They have a site dedicated to the launches. The new vehicle will be an evolution of SpaceX Falcon 9 booster, much bigger than Fal- Falcon 9. But Musk indicated that SpaceX would not be speaking publicly until... 2013. In June 2013, Musk stated that he intended to uphold any potential IPO of SpaceX shares on the stock market until after the Mars Colonial Transporter is flying transporter. Sorry, y'all, that was a subconscious slip. Uh, transporter is flying regularly. In August. 2014, media sources speculated that the initial flight test of the MCT could occur as early as 2020 in order to fully test the engines under orbital space flight conditions. However, any colonization effort was reported to continue to be deep in the future. So are y'all getting the pattern here? Now, this was in 2014. That's what they said now. In Jan 2015, Musk said that he hoped to release details in the late 2015 of the completely new architecture for the system that would enable the colonization of Mars. But those plans changed, and by December 2015, the plan to publicly release additional specifics had moved to 2016. In Jan 2016, 
Musk indicated that he hoped to describe the architecture for the Mars mission with the next generation SpaceX rocket and spacecraft later in 2016. At the 67th International Astronomical Congress Conference, uh, I didn't know they had that, uh, in September 2016, Musk stated in June 2016 that the first unmanned MCT Mars flight was planned for departure in 2022 to be followed by the first manned MCT Mars flight departing in 2024. All right, so by mid-September 2016, Musk noted that the MCT name would not continue as the system will would be able to go well beyond Mars and a new name would be needed. All right, so then they claiming that um, they gave it a new name. So let's get into what they're talking about now. Um, on September 27, 2016, at the 67th annual meeting of the International Astronautical Congress, Musk unveiled substantial details of the design for the transport vehicles, including size, construction material, number and types of engine, thrust cargo, and passenger payload uh, capabilities on orbit, propellant tanker refills, representative transit times, etc., as well as a few details of portions of the Mars side of the Mars side and Earth side infrastructure that SpaceX intends to build to support the flight vehicles. In addition, must champion a larger, uh, larger systematic vision and a vision for a bottom-up emergent order. Um, that's interesting. Emergent order in philosophy, system theory, science, arts, emergence occurs when an entity is observed to have properties its parts do not have on their own properties or behaviors which um, which emerge only when the parts interact in a wider whole. So that was interesting. What caught my eye with that was I was reading over it. They, you know, they use um, links to certain words. And for emergent order, they show pictures of unique snowflakes. All right? So... In case you all didn't know this, you should know this. Each snowflake is unique. All right. Now, each snowflake is unique and it is in a sacred geometry shape. When you put it under a microscope, that's how they know each snowflake is unique. And that those particular sacred ge geometric shapes are derived from sound, frequency sound. So I, that, that's what caught my eye family. I'm like, what, what, wait a minute, what? All right. A vision of bottom-up emergent order of other interested parties, whether companies, individuals, or governments, to utilize the new and radically low-cost transport infrastructure to build up a sustainable human civilization on Mars. 
Okay, so when it comes to sustainable human civilization on Mars, they again, they have a hyperlink. If you go over that hyperlink, they show you a picture and it says the hypothetical colonization of Mars has received interest from the public. Space agencies and private corporations has received extensive treatment in science fiction, writing, film, and art. All right, so now's the time for me to say where I think Mars is. Because if you look at this picture that Wikipedia <clears throat> gives you of the hypothetical, this exact picture family, they have in um, Dubai, I was shocked. I did not know Dubai has an area where they are simulating a Mars environment, right? So they have those uh, bubble domes and they're growing plant life under that, et cetera, et cetera. Now, interestingly enough, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I ran across well, what came across my feed, and I know it was no uh, coincidence, was a place called, I don't know, I can't remember if they call it, I think they call it Devon Island. D-E-V-O-N. It is literally an island off of Canada. That island is being used to study Mars. That island is not habitable right now. That island, according to the researchers that are on Devon Island, the atmosphere is different from the rest of the planet. The soil composition is different from the rest of the planet. Okay. And the Devon um, Island researchers that are there one of the uh, women said that it took her seven flights to get to that island. And I'm scratching my head like, why? If that's an island of Canada, why would it take you seven hours to get there? So what is going on in that particular area where it's uninhabitable? where you are saying the atmosphere, the atmosphere is different from the rest of the planet, where you are saying that the soil is different from the rest of the planet. And if you look at pictures, it looks eerily, I mean, oh my God, it looks so much eerily similar to the Mars simulation colonization pictures that we have been seeing for decades. And it also looks similar to some of the background pictures that are coming back from the quote, quote, Mars um, flybys. I think they have landed some equipment. They, they claim anyway, they landed some equipment physically on Mars and it's taking pictures. I mean, family, it, it just looks really, really similar to me. It, it looks like Mars to me, okay? So if you are in the idea that space is not up, that space is out, 
and that earth is much bigger than what they are telling us. Um, it is at a minimum twice the size that they are telling us and that there are hidden lands. Now, this is just my opinion. It's either one of two things. It's either they're planning to build up that little Canada area, which is an island, which that's too small to move a large amount of people. Okay. All right. And or they're planning to move out. So meaning out to more of the hidden lands that have not been shown to the rest of the world, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, go to YouTube, look up Operation High Jump regarding Admiral Byrd when he talks about his expedition to the Arctic and how he was able to see land beyond the poles. There is also an excellent book called Land Beyond the Poles. So that's what I believe, family, they are talking about when they are talking about going to Mars. And um, once I keep reading this, they're also talking about going to other areas as well. So again, I believe this is just my opinion. It's not up that they are talking about. It is out. It is these hidden lands that they are talking about inhabiting. Now, with all of that said, I still don't think even with them trying to go out, I still don't think they will be able to hold the frequency of the planet because her vibration is rising fast and it's rising um, very, very high. So I don't even think by going out, to those other unknown lands, that's even going to be enough. All right, so let me get back to the article. So they're saying um, sustainable, a sustainable human civilization on Mars, potentially on numerous other locations around the solar system, by innovating and meeting the demand that such a growing venture would occasion. In the 2016 iteration, the system technology was specifically envisioned to eventually support exploration missions to other locations in the solar systems, I told y'all, including the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. Okay, so again, my opinion is they are talking about going out to those other unknown lands. All right, in July 2017, SpaceX, ooh, just real quick, still part of my opinion, what just came to me. I believe that they have not been venturing out to those other lands, um, or if you want to say lands beyond the poles, it's either one or two things. Those lands were not habitable because something happened in the ancient story of mother earth where she was injured okay and we're going to actually get into that 
this Thursday on the Truth or Compromise show, uh, we do a YouTube live. We're going to get into that when we dive deep into the terror papers. So I think when this particular injury happened, um, parts of her land were inhabitable. Actually, half of her were inhabitable. So now that the um, age is shifting and it's a higher energy and she's able to line up with other galactic higher energies, that has pretty much will put her back at a complete whole. So that is why now they're trying to venture out to these other lands to colonize. And I don't think it will work. I think her vibration will be too high. All right. But it just came to me. It just popped in my mind. I bet you that's why they had not gone to those other lands up, up to this point. And if they have, it's only very, very select few. And they had to do some sort of terraforming slash repair for them to inhabit those areas, okay? Because even if you go to um, Devon Island, you go look at those pictures, you will see a lot of rock formations and those rock formations pay very close attention to them. They look excavated to me. All you have to do, look at those rock formations, go look at any rock quarry, you're going to see the same precision cuts. And then you're also going to see cuts of, uh, I call them mini mountains or mini hills, where it's shaved off flat. But this time you have a bunch of like vertical lines that look like trees to me. Okay. So a huge amount of excavation has gone on on the planet that has not been talked about, all right? And that excavation was in direct correlation to an ancient war that went on. And that ancient war reshaped not only planet Earth, it reshaped the, into the total atmosphere and the frequency, and the people were impacted also, all right? So we're going to get into that in detail this Thursday um, when we do the live. But now it's coming back full circle as the uh, vibration is rising. Mother Earth is fully repairing herself. So those that were a part of those ancient wars and were a part of the colonization of the planet, of the atmosphere, of the people, are scrambling to find a new place, right? I think they're trying to find a new place on Mother Earth, on those hidden lands, but I don't think it's going to work. All right, so let me read this last paragraph. In July 2017, SpaceX made public plans for the interplanetary transport system based on a smaller launch vehicle and spacecraft. The new system architecture has evolved quite a bit since the November 16, 
articulation of the ITS. A key driver of the new architecture is to make the new system useful for substantial Earth orbit and cislinear launch so that the new system might pay for itself in part through economic space flight activities in the near Earth, Earth space zones. That's interesting, Earth space zones. The Super Heavy is designed to fulfill the Mars transportation goals while also launching satellites, services via the ISS, flying human humans and cargo to the moon, enabling ballistic transport of passengers on Earth substitute to long-haul airline flights. Okay. All right. So SpaceX president and COO, Gwen Shotwell expressed in early 2018 that even with the smaller nine meter architect, she sees the program as only the first step to interplanetary and interstellar space flight endeavors of SpaceX. So again, in my opinion, when they talk about interplanetary and interstellar or just going to another planet in general, it is out, not up, meaning the hidden lands. Musk indicated in November 2018 that we've recently made a number of breakthroughs that I am really fired up about and that as a result, he foresees a 70% probability that he personally would go to Mars. I'm pretty sure he's already been to those hidden lands. He answered an interviewer's question that included a presumption that a Mars voyage could be an escape hatch for the rich. Y'all, child, I cannot make this up. Honey, child, I can't make this up. So why you gonna throw up in there, Musk, that it's an escape for the rich? Because those of us that our theory is, our opinions are that space is out, not up. That the hidden lands, that's one of our theories or opinions. That those hidden lands are only being inhabited by the very, very top elite. So now that's interesting that he would, he would say that. All right, so the last couple of sentences. No, your probability of dying on Mars is much higher than Earth. Really, the ad for going to Mars would be like Shackleton's ad for going to the Antarctic in 1914. It's going to be hard. There's a good chance of death going in a little can through going in a little can through deep space. You might land successfully. Once you land successfully, There's a good chance you'll die there. We think you'll come back, but we're not sure. Okay, so that's this last little bit, but kind of reminds me of, you remember when the Europeans came over to the Americas? Hmm. A lot of people died. Hmm. I'm just saying. So, family, I just wanted to, oh, and once again, the source of this was the SpaceX Mars program. Um, there's also, 
check out Wikipedia. Actually, they have a lot of stuff, family, about the colonization of Mars. They have a whole write-up on that. Um, I'm not going to go in on that, but you can certainly check that out. And uh, SpaceX has their own website, right? So you can go there and get that information as well. I am bringing this to you to so you can keep track of how they are discussing this in the media and watch how they move. In my opinion, they are trying to beat the race of the planet's vibration rising rapid because there are certain um, entities and I will call them invaders, invading entities who are not originally from this solar system, they will not be able to hold that vibration. And whatever was done when the ancient war took place, it's being reversed out. And I think it's being reversed out a lot stronger and they are scrambling. All right. So just um, be aware. And if you're interested in this topic, we are going to get a little deeper this Thursday. Uh, we will be on YouTube and we're going to be digging into the tear papers. So I wish everyone well. You have a wonderful day. Peace and love all.